0: Till Friday I'm dog tired beat down and sore when I oh, excuse yeah. For, yeah. it's time for I'm another episode of caution shots I'm your host so Daniel DeVore, and we on. had a exciting Monday night with the snowball derby and it always comes down to post-race tech apparently. And it happened again where the guy that tucked the checkered flag did not end up winning the race. So as a dirt track guy, uh, a guy that hasn't been around asphalt racing at all in his race life, I've been to a couple, a couple late model races at Lucas Oil back in the day. I think they ran them before. I think they were probably just more like pro late models instead of the super late models. I don't think I've ever been to a super late model race. I did actually see a late model race at Texas Motor Speedway before an IndyCar race where they put restrictor plates on it. It was probably one of the most entertaining things I've seen in a long time where the draft was incredibly insane. And it was super dangerous. Um I think they put a stop to running them on there. At one point they had to put a chicane on the back stretch for them to run through. It was it was an interesting deal for sure, but they, um, so for an, a dirt guy that has kind of got into watching the late models because of I racing, racing them and stuff. I decided to buy the pay-per-view, uh, the, the stream on Monday night. Uh, turns out it would end up being free for everybody. Still haven't got my refund or they haven't announced anything yet. So still kind of waiting on that. Uh, so, Hopefully something comes down. I wouldn't... I'd be fine if they give me another race or something to watch. Um, but not that big of a deal either way. But my takeaway um, was, yeah, do they have fun in asphalt racing? I have no idea. It's... Uh, seems like a lot of politics. Um, the winner uh, was uh, Steven Nassi uh, on the track. Then... What they have at the snowball derby is called the Room of Doom, or the the text do room of Doom when they go through. Apparently there was some drama where a guy that one of the former brake owners or car owner of a brake company, the sponsor of the stream of the race, said was mad at this guy for switching brands of brakes and that there was a titanium cap. Not allowed to have titanium. It is clearly stated in the rules that you cannot have any kind of titanium on your race car. So they were breaking the rules. Probably wasn't helping them at all. Just complete little league tri-county protest bull crap. But as an outsider fan, it just looked like, well, these guys are just clown. It's a clown show. And it's like, why, why send all the fans home just for every year to have something like this Chase Elliott has been disqualified. Kyle Busch Motorsports cars have been disqualified before. It's it's just and this is supposed to be your Super Bowl of racing where the majority of the time like the guy after the race gets out of the car, not allowed to celebrate with his family. They take a metal detector through his body. I'm like where well, how how is that fun? At the end of the day, you don't make money racing at this level. It's all about having fun. Um, and I mean, if you would have told me you don't see the Chili Bowl, the Chili Bowl is special because it doesn't matter. What the, you know you're not going to make any money winning the Chili Bowl. You're spending a bunch of money to do it. But it's the biggest dirt track race of the winter in, in a lot of these guys because it's fun. It's a family thing. You're there all week. It's a special deal. You want the trophy, the bragging rights. The rule book is basically a notepad of some rules where you can't do some body work and some wheels and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's not any of this BS about... And I understand rules. you got to have rules, but at the same time, racing at this level is supposed to be fun. It didn't look fun. How was that fun? Oh, you won the race, and now you can't even celebrate, and now you got to go hang out with your... Hang out in the shed for two hours, even though it seemed like they clearly knew right before, like right out the bat that what because it's a tip or something. But, you know, so I gave it a try. Um I like all racing. I I, I would love to be that. I think being in Florida this time of the year would be fantastic. It would be fun to go watch. But I mean, that is kind of puts us out. Like there's like, there's part of me is like, man, I really like to go to this race at some point. I mean, this is a cool thing to do. But after all that, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't look fun. I mean, what just the, that just kind of just puts like even during the race, you're like, well, you know, who's going to win this race? Like the race is over, but have they really won? I mean, that's that's lame. And so they really need and I, and that's a problem with late model racing. I think they've tried or asphalt racing in general is they've kind of seen how all these people have went to dirt track. The popularity keeps growing and it's because it's a fun sport. I mean, it has your little Nick politics here and there, but it, at the, at the end of the day, it's about people coming together. It's a family, it's having fun. It hasn't all these people arguing left and right. And so, I mean, that was my takeaway from what, I mean, it was great. Like you, I've seen a lot of fan choice last year. I watched a lot of late model races on there. Always great racing, great racing, close quarters, door banging last lap passes always exciting stuff but all the politics outside of it i'm like yeah i mean i like i like drama like that in and in you know it, it's fun at a certain point but the drama should be like oh we got into it on the track and then there's drama outside like i'm gonna whoop your ass or something like that not in a tech room that's not not interesting to me and I think it, turned, I think it, and you be read on Twitter, it turned off a lot of people. It's like, why is this, a, this is a joke every year something like this happens. So that's my takeaway from the snowball Derby. Still waiting for, uh, my refund to come in, or maybe the, says RTA owns a little bit of part of speed 51, maybe they'll give me a part of a NASCAR charter or something like that. But till then, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is, uh, can't complain. I mean, it was a Monday night race. Uh, I couldn't watch it on Sunday I Had all kinds of family stuff going on, uh, on Sunday. So it worked out perfect for me. The, 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 Monday night, I was able to sit down, got off work, went and watched it. Um, and I, and I love Monday night racing and you know, I've, we've talked about it before What to help NASCAR and help them with TV ratings. It's not cutting down the amount of races. Um, I know a team or you just saw with Cole Pern, he deciding to retire because he was tired of the being on the road, but you can have just as many races in even a shorter period of time. Just have them on some weekday races, race them on Saturday, run them on Wednesday nights, um, start the season in February and it in September, but throw some midweek races in. Like, what is the point of like that gives the guys longer off season. You have more races um, but you still it still gives you the chance and then what you would have on the weeknight races is great television numbers and you could have run at smaller venues. Run a Thursday night somewhere, um, Iowa The perfect one for midweek honestly would be St. Louis. Run St. Louis on a Thursday night. You're in a town, you're gonna get great numbers. I I would even say you're gonna sell out the place, and then you can run Sunday you could go run a Saturday Sunday show in Kentucky or something like that. I mean, you could have something that would still add races, get you that Thursday night TV numbers or even on a Wednesday night, a Tuesday night, something like that. So, we're going to move on. Um, I mean, that was it was definitely well, I had a buddy, I mean, I have a buddy of mine ask, well, "How are you going to do a racing podcast? It's the off season of NASCAR." And I was like, "Well, there's zero off season when it comes to racing." There's always races going on, there's always news going on, and you got a bunch of news this week, and as today, Thursday, I'm recording this show, the Front Row Motorsports announced their drivers, uh, John Hummer, Hunter Niemicek Jr., the younger, or I guess John is not the junior, John Hummer, Hunter Niemicek, he will be driving the car, taking over for Matt Tiff, kind of, kind of taking over Matt Tiff, The Think they're losing the car that they're not going to run three cars next year. They're going to run two. Michael McDowell's coming back. He was kind of the limbo back and forth if he was going to still be there or not. But he's coming back. Can't. I mean, he's a guy. It's an interesting deal. There's no. There's no Michael McDowell fans. Nobody cares about Michael McDowell. Seems like a nice guy, but not social media savvy. I guess he's a guy that goes out there and doesn't really crash that much i mean he's known for the crash at texas motor speedway where he flips but outside of that it's like huh ho oh, hum. i mean yeah always good on the restrictor play races so i mean next year's a final year with the kind of the package of the car and you know a lot of these small teams are gonna look at those restrictor play races and say hey we had good results last year let's come back out this year and opens a door for a wide open Daytona 500 where you'll have 40 guys in the running. Um, so you had that news with the uh, front row Motorsports. Um, Other news out there, the big one was Cole Pern leaving the 19 car. I mean, that I think that came out of left field. Uh, not too many people saw that happening. Um, apparently if you knew him, uh, he wanted to go uh, this whole life. He hated when they moved from Colorado to North Carolina. He loved it out in Colorado. Probably reminded him of Canada. Uh, so, I mean, wants to move back to Canada. No problem with that. I, I mean, I would not want to be on the road all the time as well. But at the end of the day, if that's you got the chance to make the money, he had the money. So now he can move back and do what he wants to do. So that was the big news there for the 19 car. Um some truck series news uh uh, the Crosley group uh, with the Gilliland Racing uh, they are switching over to Ford looks like tomorrow that they're going to announce a Ford development driver for them so they're going to be kind of the KBM with KBM being the Toyota development drivers you're going to have Crosley uh, Gilliland Racing be the um, Ford Motorsports development drivers and it looks like Um, that Ford is going to be able to pull the trigger and get uh, Haley uh, Deegan to come over to their development, which will be a big surprise. I thought they were, she was definitely going to be in the Toyota pipeline, but she looks like she's going to be switching over to Ford. So that's, that's what it looks like uh, putting everything together um, with the announcements of them moving to Ford and with a major announcement, today as this episode comes out and it could already be broke by thursday night i'm not sure at all but it could be so i mean that's something you're going to be looking forward to uh i mean the season's getting close a lot of announcements um got a chance this week to look and see uh more from the next gen car That was at ISM Speedway with Joey Logano behind the wheel. The social media team NASCAR is knocking it out of the park for sure on giving us the details, great video work, uh, interviews. They had the chance to show the car with this little bit smaller spoiler on it. Looked fantastic. Put that spoiler on the car next year for sure, Um, especially on the, uh, the smaller spoiler on the short tracks and the uh, Darlington, those tracks, put that on there and make it interesting. Keep the package the same. if you want to, I would still like to see more horsepower at the cars at Texas and stuff like that. But if you don't want to, you want to leave it that way, you can. But so far the next gen car looking, looks great. Um, hopefully they don't ruin it by making it too expensive. So we, the last thing we need to do the, the thing that is driving me crazy is these movement to make this field smaller and smaller stop. I mean, people want to see full fields. Why do I not go to IndyCar races anymore, Texas Motor Speedway? Because the fields are 21 cars. One pile up, you're down to 16 cars. Nobody wants to watch that. Full fields are more er, more entertaining. I can understand. 40 cars, it's fine. Now you're down to 30. I mean, 32 at the trucks. That's pushing it. I mean, you got a couple of trucks out of the race. I mean, it's it, you got to have full fields, especially in the Cup Series. Keep it at forty. If you, want. I would, I would love to go back up to forty three. I hate decreasing the size of fields. And everybody's like, well, just start in parks anyway. Make it cheaper where you don't start in a park, and you can't start in a park. Simple as that. That would stop this team. I mean, the charter system has been an epic failure from the get go, and it has killed the size of the fields and it, there's no nobody like you laughed at like a no single entity system like doesn't work a franchise system at this level a franchise system only works for sports that people want to be in a race team is not a single a franchise kind of system get rid of this stupid charter system get where the cars where you have some money behind it i mean if you want to race, build a team and go race. Stop paying these guys more money. And the same with the IndyCar, with their leader circle program or whatever they call it now. Get rid of it. Pay the people that win more money. I mean, if you have just pick random spots, pay them more. Make the tires cheaper. For crying out loud, tires shouldn't cost $5,000 for a set of tires. Positivity. Positive, trying to be positive. It's just things like that, you know. It's just got to be cheaper for the guys to be able to the race. And I would love to. I've, I've The truck series has 32 trucks in it right now. Realistically, you get 26 trucks racing pretty much the whole race. Some guys not taking tires and they get in the way. You have your ride buyers and such like that. But I mean. And Don't send them home. That's what. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Once the problem is, why are we sending cars home? There's no reason to send them home. Just let them race. If you have 34 cars show up and 34 trucks, let 34 trucks race. The qualifying is pointless as it is anyway, because you lock in all the guys anyway. So why are we sending trucks home? Then if it gets back up to 36 cars, okay, fine those guys can go home i mean (laughs) that then you bump it don't keep lowering the the field that is ridiculous if you if anything if okay we're not gonna pay 34th or 35th position like in the in the xfinity series okay we're gonna lower the field down to 36 cars well still that 40 cars race just don't pay 37 38 39th and 40th what is the point of sending any car home at that point They drove all the way out there They're qualifying Oh crap it rained out We're going to send a car home Why? Let them race It is pointless And if, and if like well they can race But they will cut their purse in half If they Like well this is still let them race It is stupid To send cars home For a show If they want to be there and race It is pure ignorance you got fans in the stands. They want to see race cars. You go to a racetrack to see race cars. If there's 38 cars there, let 38 cars race. If there's 41 cars there and you want to cap it at 40, that's fine. That's a 40 car field. That is plenty of cars, but don't send a car home because you just don't go, well, we're just going to keep lower and lower and the lower in the field. Don't do that. That is dumb. It's not entertaining. It's and it's not good for race teams that want to start up. Okay, on to that was my kind of my negative point of the of the show. We'll go a little bit positive note. And it's, you know, it's going to get more positive when you start talking about dirt track racing. Toyota Racing Development denounced they're going to, I think, with the partnership with Joe Gibbs Racing, they really get to see a lot of the details into the story that they're going to start developing a 410 motor. Great for dirt track racing to the point of it'll bring money in. I, I don't, I don't think. You've seen a reserve. If you would have told me in the mid 2000s, 2007, 2008, the, what the resurgence of this midget racing is going to be in, the, in this country, especially here in Tulsa area and the Oklahoma area, I would be like, no, nah, you're not kidding. That, that's not happening. I mean, midgets were, you couldn't hardly get like 18 midgets for a national show. And now, I mean, a Power Eye show has got 35 cars, 40 cars here and there. Depending on what else is running, you have great numbers, and you wouldn't think. And and what has probably helped is keeping an open rule book. Competitively, I think that Toyota hasn't made midget racing as competitive. I think there's certain cars that you know are going to run up front because I mean the Toyota motors were just that far superior, and it's raised the game. Other guys have stepped up, and but the cost of motors, the motors have increased. I mean, to run up front in a midget now is a lot more expensive than it used to be. But the money that Toyota has brought in has seemed to trickle down. I mean, trickle down economics doesn't really work in real life. But it seems like the trickle down with just the motor program, what Toyota has done and increased. Maybe it's kind of made a bunch of dreamers. And all these kids' parents are like, oh, we can go run midgets. And maybe we'll be in one of those Toyota cars one of these days. And maybe that's helped. But it's add money to the sports add anything it's add professionalism it's added uh the money that's there to advertise and that's why with the announcement that uh, toyota is going to be de- developing a 410 motor and i believe a 360 motor um who wants to spend fifty thousand dollars on a 360 motor i don't know but they probably will But they're going to be announcing that with I'm guessing with the partnership with Chris Bell. Once last year he got his car program. I know Tony had the Ford motor last year. They're going to develop a motor. He'll have it out there. There's, it'll be fast. They'll get it done quickly, and um, it's cool to see. um, Huge debate I've had going on. Uh, People are telling me left and right. The fact is what's holding back and. And, and when this will carry over to this will carry over into the streaming even I was going back to the last Monday with the snowball charging thirty four dollars which is what I paid to watch the snowball probably i I don't know what the numbers were i can't I don't want to speculate, but then they put it on Facebook, seventeen to eighteen thousand people watched it on Facebook. Okay, get those sponsors, do it where it's on Facebook, be on YouTube, get it where it is mass seen to help grow the sport. Sponsors, if I had a race team and I was like, well, we, we stream our races at $34, we probably have about 2,000 people, here's the numbers we have. Oh, we show all our races on Facebook Live or YouTube, how many viewers do you get? No, we get about 25,000 people, 20,000 people, oh, that's, that's pretty good numbers. How much are you looking and you start getting sponsors like, oh, you can see some numbers that would add up for sponsors to go, well, you know, it's not that much. We can do it. But doing these streaming, it's, and that's the same thing with dirt track racing. You got to get some of these races on live TV. You had the, when you had live TV back in the late nineties on TNT, you saw Penn's oil, you saw the Aveline, you saw goody <laughs> there was you know there was some major brands there channel lock uh you had kurz light miller miller light mopar i mean you had named brand stuff on the cars yeah you get some guys now in the world of outlaws with names and some here here and there but i mean your tv numbers on dirt vision dirt vision you know doesn't get the numbers that you need to get to go to these sponsors and go hey look at this But get some of these races on live TV, and then you're going to start seeing some of these more sponsors trickle back down. Like, oh, okay, we can do this. We can start giving a little money here and there. Because every time you have a TV race, you see the car counts go up. And then the debate is, well, if you start showing on TV, people won't come to the race. That's baloney. That is just BS. Nobody goes, "Oh, I'd rather watch it on dirt track racing on. Nobody rather watches watch dirt track racing on TV. That's the one sport that TV does not hurt the attendance. Being at a racetrack for a race fans is the best place on the planet. As a football fan, I'm a football fan as well. I being at a football field is not a football game is not the best experience. Four hours of sitting there, a little action here and there, expensive beers. I mean, make the events better, but a dirt track race, if you're around, like if you're showing a race in Eldora, I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I'm not driving to Eldora to watch a board of outlaw race. I would love to, but it's not feasible financially. Put it on a TV live, not in January or December. Who cares? You, when you know the results. Well, you might turn it on, but you're not watching it. The numbers are ridiculously low. Friday nights in July, August, there's nothing on TV on Friday nights. Saturday. Now there's it's a downtime channels like NBC sports network. They don't have major league baseball. They don't have any kind of sports during there. And I, in, the, in the, all your four years, yeah, NBC sports network would have the Olympics and stuff like that, but you got to get these races on live TV, help grow the teams, get the car counts up. I mean, there's going to be world of outlaw races here in Oklahoma this year, down in Lawton, Dallas, there's gonna be 18 and 20 cars i'm not going for 18 and 20 cars why is it so low because they're not on tv they don't have any big races there are no sponsors so you're gonna have the traveling guys there's no 410s around here M- make it make it something where we can get these car counts up where it's more than 18 to 20 cars because that's not a show it's not a fun show when there's only 18 to 20 cars So a little bit positive. Toyota coming in, 410s, 360s. I think that'll help. Love to see Mopar get back involved like they were in the late 90s, early 2000s. They might. I mean, they don't really have the the guys there. I mean, they've kind of took all their money away, but I really don't see that happening. But it, it's great momentum for dirt track racing to have a big brand like Toyota want to get involved. Um, I think... I don't think it's going to be a huge thing, but it's one of those things. If Toyota wants to sponsor a race on TV, they'll spend a little side cash because that's how TV works. You tell them what kind of money can you sell this much TV spots and you'll put you on there. So hopefully we'll get something like that. I mean, Knoxville nationals its ridiculous. The year 2020 will be 2020. If the Knoxville nationals, the biggest sprint car race is not live on some sort of TV in August, before football season, before anything, there's nothing on TV. There's an IndyCar race maybe in Gateway or something. Bump it. Put something, they put it there. But the Knoxville Nationals needs to be on TV. So, in an off week a lot of stuff was going on. Um I mean, it's just getting getting crazy with all the things going on this time of the year. We got the Gateway Dirt Dirt Nationals coming up. I heard if you hadn't had the chance to go there, a fantastic uh, place to go watch uh, the race. I heard it's actually better to go there than it is to the Chili Bowl for the fans. Um, You just don't have the prestige uh, and stuff like that. But that's coming up. I think that is next weekend, uh, the 22nd. I think it's the weekend before Christmas. And then the Tulsa shootout starting to roll around pretty soon. So, I mean, there's a lot of racing going on, a lot of news coming around, a lot of Nashville talk, trying to get Nashville back on the circuit, more testing of the next-gen car, just so much going on. So it's a fun time. I think we're 70. Oh man, we are getting close. It's I believe it's somewhere around 75 or 76 days might be a little bit off on that before the Daytona 500, but it is coming up soon, so we'll have more to start breaking down about that. We got the Rolex 24 that will be in January, so like I was telling my buddy, there is definitely no off-season when it comes to racing, as there is always something going on. So if you get a chance, uh, we are on Apple Podcasts, we download the app on the SoundTooth app on the network there. Check us out, share us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and all that good stuff. So this has been caution shots. I am your host once again, Daniel Navore and I will be back next week with another episode and until then you all have a wonderful weekend. get all your Christmas shop done buy all the cool stuff out there, all the racing stuff you can. It's hard to find. For some reason, when you're shopping at, uh, I always go to Target and Walmart and I'm looking through the toy cars. The NASCARs are always sold out. And uh, maybe they should buy more. I Something seems like it's always sold out every time I go, unless it's just one guy in Tulsa going around and buying them all. But hey, buy some NASCAR stuff, buy some racing stuff, go online, support your smaller teams, go find some dirt track guys online, make them work right before they sell some merchandise and stuff like that. But it's been fantastic. I will be back next week. We might have a little bit earlier show next week. Try to get it out a little bit earlier than just on Fridays. But I'm your host, Daniel Vore. Have a wonderful weekend. I can't believe that I made it till Friday. I'm dog tired, beat down and sore. When I cash that excuse for a paycheck wonder what I'm doing all this for. So now I'm contemplating the cosmos. Here at Happy Jose's Taco Stand, me and a few margaritas, if I got come up with one hell of a master plan. I'm gonna find me a sweet senorita who knows how to make good tortillas. She'll teach me to talk to and soak up the sun by the sea where well, life don't take a lot of